morning. It is wonderful to see everyone gathered here in worship, and it's wonderful to have those of you who are at home online joining us as well. We are so glad to be in worship on this Sunday, November 14th, 2021. Thank you for joining us, and I just want to take a couple moments to give a few announcements. First of all, I want to say thank you for everyone who has come forward and made your pledge for the coming year. If you have not done so yet, please take the time to fill out that pledge card as soon as you can so that our team can discern how we move forward into the 2022 fiscal year, faithfully serving our church and our community and honoring God with the gifts that have been pledged. Our Thanksgiving service has been scrolling through the screen, and on that screen, as I was seeing it, I saw that you could attend in person or live stream. I want to let you know that we've been notified that there is not an in-person option. That's just for the people leading the worship. You're going to be invited to attend online. So just to give a heads up, don't plan to drive over to Temple Adat and, and expect to sit through a worship service. You get to experience it from the comfort of your own home, which will be lovely. Uh, we have our Advent event coming up in two Sundays. It's crazy that we're talking about Advent already, but we're almost there. I'm excited because it ties into one of our Advent studies, the heart that grew three sizes. And everyone is invited to come. It's largely a family-focused event, but whoever wants to be here, feel free. We're going to have crafts and activities starting at 4.30 and at 5.30 We'll meet out in the corner for the most important part of the Advent activity, as most people tell me, when we light the crush for the first time for the holiday season. <laughs> so we invite you to come be a part of that and to consider already how you want to engage your faith this Advent season. We have two Advent studies available for you. One, the heart that grew three sizes based on the story of the Grinch. And the other is a... Um, study through, provided by Jan Richardson. You've heard me talk about her a lot in my sermons. I do not reference her today. What? I don't reference her today, but I reference her quite often. And she provides an Advent study where three times a week or more, you get an email delivered directly to your email box, and you can read it and meditate it on your own as you see fit. We do have a group that will meet online on Wednesdays at 4.30. You can choose to be a part of the group or not. When you sign up, you're signing up for the emails specifically, and then what you choose to do with those emails is up to you. I've participated in this study at least twice now, and I can tell you that it's always been beneficial for me. So if you want to participate, please let me know. And the cost fluctuates between $20 and $40, depending on the number of people we have that want to receive the emails. It's kind of like one of those sliding scale things. The more people that we have sign up, the less money it costs each of us. So if you're interested in participating, we'd love to have you as a part of that group. And I'm talking too fast, so forgive me. I will slow down shortly. Um, one last teaser announcement in that you will hear about the Christmas gift market right before our offering time. So know that announcements about the Christmas gift market are coming, and we look forward to the ways in which we might be able to serve our community and the larger world as we give gifts this holiday season. And now that we're done with the promotional part of our worship service, I want to just draw us back into what our reflection has been the last couple of weeks. 
we've really been thinking over the last three months what it means to set a course for a better life. In September, we talked about preparing for the journey. Last month, we talked about what it, what's involved with setting sail. And this month, we're talking about facing the challenges on the journey. Last week, we spoke of temptations and testing that come our way. Our focus today is realizing the need for trimming our sails and correcting our course. It also is about sorting through how best to do that to thrive on the journey. Now that we've given you kind of a teaser for what today's about, let us take a moment to center ourselves in preparation for worship. Please uh, stand as you are able and join with me in the call to worship. Seeking the winds of the Spirit to carry us forward, sometimes we need to adjust to keep moving forward. Change is integral to our journey as we set a course for a better life. Let's remain standing and uh, masked and enjoy singing as you are able this opening hymn. Join with me in our invocation. Let us pray. Holy God, be with us in this time of worship. We come present, opening ourselves to the impact of your spirit, to the prodding and the encouragement that that spirit gives our lives. Whether we are at home, driving in our cars, at a park bench, here in worship, you are with us. You are with us always. 
Help us always to be attuned to your presence, particularly in this time of worship, that we might hear your word for us this morning and that we might be led into truer discipleship and to greater faithfulness. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. children. Nicely done. Thank you. That was so sweet. Today is an exciting day, uh, at least for me. I'm really excited about what you get to do during worship today. Today, you're doing a service project to make baskets for Many Mansion. Basically, food has been provided by your families and by the members of our church so that we can basically give an entire Thanksgiving dinner to the families of, our, of the communities at many mansions. It's a great gift, and because of the generosity of our missions committee, they get money to buy a turkey as well. So while you may be sitting there as you make the basket going, where's the turkey? We're not having Thanksgiving without the turkey. I promise you that the turkey is going to be provided as well. And if the family doesn't like turkey, they can buy a ham or something else. It's okay. Everybody celebrates Thanksgiving in a slightly different way. As you have the opportunity to serve this day, you are representing God, and that is such a great gift, and I thank you for participating in this activity. Today, we're going to do our prayer a little bit different, and I'm going to ask the children and youth and anyone who's heading over to the youth building to make these baskets to stand up, please. All right. And we're going to pray for you and the ministry that you guys are doing and the baskets that are going out into the community. If you want to extend your hand, you can. If, that's, if, you're not uncom- if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay as well. Awesome and almighty God, please bless these servants as they go to, to represent you and to do your work in the world. Let them find joy in the giving and let there be energy and excitement about how they radiate your life to others. I thank you for these volunteers and everyone who gave to this mission. And let this be a time of great joy. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can head off to the youth building to make these baskets. Thank you so much.
take a breath and center yourself upon God's spirit and enter into prayer. Holy God, we pray that you would hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts. We need your touch made real in our lives to give us strength, to give us courage, to give us healing and renewed life. And so we begin our time of prayer thinking that there are times indeed when we are less than you have wished for us, saying words and doing deeds that reflect more our fallen nature than our higher one with you. So we would ask that you hear our prayers of confession. The first step in forgiveness is knowing that we have the need for it. The second step in experiencing it is welcoming your grace into our lives to cleanse and to rebuild. Thank you, Lord, for your healing and forgiving touch. Strengthen us in our resolve to walk more resolutely in your spirit. We face challenges every day from little moments to large encounters. We need your help. Be with us, Lord. Help us in these pandemic times, in these times of social and political stress, to be your ambassador, to be a representative of your love, to be a person that would lead the way through darkness to new light. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues with troubled relationships, uncertain employment, other forms of dis-ease and discomfort. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Linda Northrup and her husband Dave and Kathy Drake and her husband Ken as they deal with the ongoing effects of cancer surgeries, recoveries, and therapy treatments. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Dick Thomas, as he again recovers from colon surgery, Nadine Hyatt, recovering from knee replacement surgery, and Evelyn Rogers, recovering from top surgery. May they all move steadily towards full health. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Nadine Swanson, hospitalized with infection and low oxygen levels, Nick Pupich, 
battling valley fever, and Carol Freeman as she recovers from her finger surgery. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Rachel's mom as she awaits upcoming surgery, Jan Sorensen's niece, Bria's mother who has kidney cancer and other health concerns. Be with them, Lord. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. From Ken and Agnes Doherty, we pray for a friend and her family who grieved the death of their son from complications of COVID. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And for all those who have contacted COVID and are battling the disease and for our health technicians and angels who gather around them, we pray your strength, your healing power. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of other people and circumstances now privately in our prayers. Come into these lives, Lord God, in a powerful way that helps these people know your support, your nurture, your healing power. And we pray for our church community here as it continues in its ministries through these challenging times. And we ask your help in maintaining our effectiveness and our vitality. May the good we do be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining the prayer he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
awesome and almighty God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for being with us amidst the challenges of life. Help us to see the ways in which you are inviting us to appraise where we're at and to discern if we need to trim our sails, prune our vines, or create some course corrections in our faith life. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. James Dean said, I can't change the direction of the wind, but I can adjust my sails to always reach my destination. That's what today's theme is all about. We've been journeying with this theme for almost three months now. Pastor Walt and I hope that this has been engaging and has helped all of us in our efforts to set a course for a better life. Three months can feel like a long sermon series, but wait until you have a year-long one. Oh, wait, that's next week's topic. And, th and that's not an introduction to a year-long sermon series, if that's what I just implied. Um, <laughs> next week, we'll be talking about stamina and longevity. So I'm not going to venture down that path today. But the truth is, the longer that we are on a journey, either literally or figuratively, there are times where we need to assess where we are, where we want to go, how, to, how successful we are at reaching our goals, and if that intended goal is still where we need to be headed. Have we followed the intended path, or have we gone off course? Are we where we need to be right now? Do we need to readjust our sails? Trimming, pruning, and course corrections. Now, I'll admit that in my head, there was a term in sailing called pruning. I can tell you that that's actually not the case, at least not in any research that I was able to do over the last few days. So in my head, I, like, there was this whole like, pruning of the sail that was a little bit different than trimming of the sail, but really, it's all the same thing. It's, it, it's the tightening your sail, making sure that it's catching the wind just right to get where you need to go. Sails are controlled by trimming, just like I said, or adjusting the tension in the line known as the sheet that is attached to the sail. Lori A. Noonan, a lawyer turned coach, once reflected on a sailing trip that she took to Catalina. While it was her turn to take the helm, she reflected on the experience. She says, while the boat's wheel moves the rudder, the sails themselves are usually in need of their own tending in the wind. And that's not even taken into account the sway of the boon upon coming about. Be ready to duck, or you may be knocked over the solid wood beam. In other words, pay attention to what's happening. Be aware, you're the captain. A slight variance makes an extent, uh, extensive a slight variance makes for extensive consequences. Without paying close attention, it is easy to get off course. Even a less than one degree variance as to where you're heading towards your destination 
especially over the course of dozens of miles, can mean the endpoint is, mi is miles from your intended target. That indeed would have notable and undesired consequences. She goes on to say, if we were to veer that far off course, without course corrections, we'd find ourselves facing one of two situations. Either we'd end up hitting the shoreline at a point where there's no place to dock, or we are able to dock the boat and yet are miles and miles away from our parked cars. Course correction is needed as we venture on our faith journey. We want to get back to our parked cars, but we also want to get to our goal of a faith life connected with God in real and profound ways. How far are we off course? A little bit or a whole lot? Are we possibly lost right now? How did we get there, and how do we move forward from here? There's a variety of ways in which we can get off course. It can be that slight variance that, that Noonan talked about as she was writing that's just a little bit at a time and all of a sudden you're miles away from where you thought you were supposed to be. Mike Iaconelli tells the story in his uh, writing The Wittenberg Door that gives an example of how you could get off course without even aware of it. He says, I live in a small rural, rural community there are lots of cattle ranches around here, and every once in a while, a cow wanders off and gets lost. Ask a rancher how a cow gets lost, and chances are he'll reply, well, the cow just started nibbling on a tuft of green grass, and when it fish finishes, it looks ahead for the next tuft of green grass, and starts nibbling on that one, and then nibbles on the tuft of green grass next to the hole in the fence, and then sees another tuft of green grass on the other side of the fence. So it nibbles on that one and then goes to the next tuft of green grass. The next thing you know, the cow has nibbled itself into getting lost. Iaconelli goes on to say, Americans are in the process of nibbling their way into lostness. We keep moving from one tuft of activity to another, never noticing how far we have gone from home or how far away from the truth we have managed to end up. Have we nibbled slowly away from the course, that true north that we've been looking for over the last few months? Or are we still where we want to go? Or has life dealt us a bad hand and all of a sudden our world is upside down and we feel lost because life has, has taken us down a path that we didn't expect? Barbara Brown Taylor writes about the practice of getting lost in her book, An Altar in the World. She says, when we fall ill, lose our jobs, wreck our marriages, or alienate our children, most of us are left alone to pick up the pieces. Even those of us who are ministered to by brave friends can find it hard to shake the shame of getting lost in our lives. And yet, if someone asks us to pinpoint the times in our lives that have changed us for the better, a lot of those times would be the wilderness times, when the safety net is split, when the resources are gone, when the way ahead is not clear. The sudden exposure can be frightening and revealing. Getting lost can be scary, 
but we can learn so much about ourselves and God's presence in our lives in the midst of this time. We learn about our fortitude, our ingenuity, our problem-solving skills, our adaptability, and what we are willing to accept and what we won't stand for. We learn our need to be dependent on God. And sometimes it's only in the midst of getting lost, getting off course, that we have that moment of aha, where we say again, yes, I need you, Lord. Yes, I want to redirect my, my course so I am following God's direction in my life. It is so important. As Taylor reflects on some of the times that she has been lost or displaced, she says, while none of these displacements were pleasant at first, I would not give up or give a single one of them back. I have found things that I, I have found things while I was lost that I might never have been have discovered if I had stayed on path. I have lived through parts of life that no one in her right mind would have ever willingly have chosen, finding enough overlooked treasure in them to outweigh my projected wages in the life that I had planned. Sometimes when we get off course, we don't live into the expectations that we've set for ourselves. Things change, things adjust, we adapt, but we have blessings along the way. We learn about ourselves, we learn about our God, we learn about our world, who we can rely on, and how we live out or live through those experiences. If we embrace the fact that we will get lost from time to time, we can learn from those experiences. Barbara Brown Taylor says that anything can become a spiritual practice once you are willing to approach it that way. Once you let it bring you to your knees and show you what is real, including who you really are, who other people are, and how near God can be when you have lost your way. I know it might sound weird to talk about getting lost as a spiritual practice, but sometimes that's how we learn about ourselves the most. That's how we figure out when we are off course and when we have some personal work to do. Taylor says, you will think of other ways to get lost or to accept that you have really, other ways to get lost or to accept that you really have gotten lost through no choice of your own. It can happen anywhere in all kinds of ways. You can get lost on your way home. You can get lost looking for love. You can get lost between jobs. You can get lost looking for God. However it happens, take heart. Others before you have found a way in the wilderness where there were, are many angels as there are wild beasts and plenty of other people, to, lost people too. All it takes is for one of them to find you. All it takes is for you to find one of them. However it happens, you could do worse than to kneel down and ask a blessing, remembering how many knees have kissed the ground before you. At one point in the book, she says that she is bolstered by the fact that she knows through reading the Bible that God does some of God's best work on the people who are lost. 
our own Nancy Moravec shared a wonderful story with our women's book group that I asked if I could share with the congregation today. She talked about going on a spiritual retreat. Forgive me for not remembering the specific location. It was Arizona, Nevada, somewhere in, in the Southwest where it's deserty with cactuses and cacti, sorry, and, and um, kind of a barren landscape. And Nancy is one of these people that when she goes on trips and in her life in general, when she wakes up in the morning, she likes to explore. She likes to venture out and go for walks. The first morning of the retreat, she woke up and started going for a walk, looking at all these amazing cacti and seeing how the world is unfolding around her and how the community is laid out. But it was a remote location and she's wandering looking at this, these cactus, I really want to say cactuses, but I know it's cacti, um, looking at these cacti when all of a sudden she looks up or really looks down and realizes that she's no longer on a path. And she gets anxious for a moment there. She's like, what do I do? How will I get back to my retreat center? What's going to happen? She takes a moment. She calms herself. She turns around looks up and sees the cross of the chapel of the retreat center that she's at. And in that moment, she realizes that all she has to do is keep her focus on the cross and she will return to her destination. When we have gone off course, all we need to do is appraise where we're at, look around and figure out where God is in our life and take steps towards God so that we might live and learn and grow from the experience. Keep our eyes on the cross and we will find the way. Being off course, slowly drifting over time, or having a life-changing situation causes us to assess and evaluate. Today's scripture helps us to do that work. So let us take a moment to hear our scripture reading for today. Our scripture reading today is from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Hmm. Pruning is used to remove unnecessary branches. Trimming, on the other hand, promotes healthy growth. So while the scripture talks about pruning in both locations, I found a way to find the justification for the pruning and the trimming that I was talking about earlier. Pruning would be to end the unhealthy habits that we have established, or cutting out the unhealthy or toxic people in our lives, the ones that encourage us to do things that don't align with our values, the ones who always seem to be embroiled in drama. I'm sure you can name other forms of toxicity as well. Pruning, cutting off part of our lives that no longer serve our original purpose, or possibly that were never truly beneficial. 
as I said, stopping those bad habits or recognizing that something that we've picked up along the way or started to do because we were encouraged to really doesn't fit with who we are. Maybe we've outgrown it and it was good at a time, but it's no longer good anymore. Trimming would be when we're overextended, when we've taken on one, two, or three additional things that consume our time and keep us from our primary goal. The trimming allows us to get back to what our focus is and how we live in the world so that, again, we can bear the fruit that God has in store for us so that we are well-rested and nurtured and tended to in such a way that we can continue to grow and thrive and become the people that God intends us to be. Candace Green, who has an online blog, talks about pruning She says, God's pruning is not meant to hurt us. It is meant to purge us of the things that are keeping us from operating at full capacity for the Lord. It is discerning, or it is is disconnecting us from the overgrowth of laziness and complacency, negative self-talk, selfishness, and impatience with others. It is cutting off, it is the cutting off of fear, doubt, and belief that we are incapable of doing what God asks of us by placing us in situations where we are forced to rely on God. As we allow God to prune us, and as we do some personal pruning, I invite us to consider three things. Some things have to be retained. Some things have to be released. And some things have to be remembered. Now, what do I mean by this? Some things have to be retained. Aspects of life that we want to keep, the things that are at the core of who we are, that make us us. Maybe even lessons that we've learned while we were lost. These things help us to grow into who we are meant to be. Some things have to be released. It is okay dare I say even imperative, to do the pruning that is needed to offer the desired course correction for our journey to a better life. Some things need to be remembered. Remembering that God loves us. Remembering that God is with us even when we do go off course. Remembering that God offers us forgiveness and grace so that as we trim our sails, as we prune our vines, as we do the course corrections needed, we know that God is with us on the journey. Now, for some of us, you heard me say that sometimes we outgrow certain aspects and calls of our things in our lives. I talked about how when you assess where you're at, you sit there and go, okay, this was my goal. This was my intended location. Is this still where I need to go? I don't know about you, but when I got to college, I had a completely different vision of where I was going to be today than I am right now. Anyone else agree with that? Okay, I see some hands raised. I see some nods happening. And some of that is us taking the time to recognize that we are on a journey. There is not just one fixed end destination other than that life in Christ, other than following God's call and guidance in our world. So as we 
grow, as we're affected and impacted by those times that we've gotten lost, we change. God may use those moments of being lost to move us into the next thing, the next call on our lives so that we continue to grow and change as well. This may sound like a weird statement, but when I got called to ministry, I said, this is what God's calling me to right now. And I recognize that as we have a God who is living and a Holy Spirit who continues to nudge us and push us, that I will serve the church and my calling as long as God calls me to that. But also recognize that there may be a point in my life where God says, okay, Rachel, you've done that well. You've been a good and faithful servant, but I now need you to go here. There are times in our lives where our course changes depending on what God needs us to do and who God needs us to be and what we need to learn from God. Every time that we assess who we are, we trim our sails and we prune off those things that are no longer healthy for us and let go of the aspects of our lives that no longer feed our soul and are no longer life-giving, we have the ability to grow and to thrive and become the people that we're meant to be and to get to that destination of a better life, the destination where we are in unison and connected with God. So friends, as we face the challenges of life, we need to trim our sails by remembering what we want and need to retain. We prune the vines by releasing the aspects of our lives that no longer serve a purpose for us and offer course correction with the remembrance of God's presence so that we can continue on our journey to a better life. Amen? Holy God, have God's way with each one of us. May we be open to those proddings, trimmings, and even prunings that are necessary for us to set a course for a better life individually and as a congregation. We have a special... Um, thing coming up for us right now, a video on our Christmas gift market. It's a uh, tradition that we enjoy participating in every uh, Advent season. So let's just sit back for a second and uh, take this in. <clears throat> Merry Christmas. Good job, Luke. Have fun wrapping presents. We have such fun traditions decorating our tree with special ornaments at Christmas time. Another special tradition we have as a family is selecting special gifts for our cousins from the church Christmas gift market. As we thoughtfully select each gift, we are reminded that Christmas is God's love story, telling us of the peace, joy, and hope for the world that was sent to us in the birth of Jesus. With the Christmas Gift Market 2021, the Missions Committee offers our congregation the opportunity to celebrate 
by sharing gifts of love with those in need around the world and in our community. The organizations chosen for the Christmas Gift Market 2021 are Westminster Free Clinic, Church World Service, and Heifer Project International. Our personal favorite, as it's so much fun to select sheep, pigs, and other animals to give our cousins for Christmas. This year's organizations offer healthcare services, gifts of food, comfort and support for learning and resources which help to provide the means of self-sufficiency for the disadvantaged in our world. For each gift you choose, you are able to select a gift card and an insert which describes the gift. This is a special way to share the celebration of God's love story. With friends and family, as you give the gift in their honor. Cards and inserts will be available for pickup on the church patio each Sunday in December. Along with the manor drop-off on December 12th at 3 o'clock or by making special arrangements to the church office. Let us tell God's love story to the world by sharing healing and hoping to those in need this Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, John 3.16. Now you were sent out um, a letter. You may not have received it yet. Um, some of us have that um, communicate all of that to us and prompt us on how to participate in the market. Um, that's coming soon to you if you haven't received it yet. There are uh, those letters or information about those letters and what you can do um, for participating in the market outside also after worship. So uh, look for Kathy or one of her assistants to, to help you. Uh, with that. You know, we're in a very exciting time in the life of our congregation as we uh, slowly, though I think steadily, emerge from the pandemic and seek to live into our mission of discipleship, of welcoming and including all into our congregation, of becoming our better selves as we live out our lives in God's spirit and as we seek in very concrete ways to make a, a positive difference in the world. This is one of those concrete ways that, that you can do a difference-making in our community. We invite everyone to join us in this effort of letting love lead. Share of your financial resources with us, please, as directed on the screen to help empower our ministries. Get your pledge card in if you haven't yet to underwrite our ministries in 2022. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good that we all do together. So give generously and be a part of what is happening in people's lives through the ministries of the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village.
Just a few reminders as we prepare to depart. Kathy should, or one of her team should be on the patio to uh, help engage you with questions about the Christmas gift market this day. Uh, in addition, I will be on the patio if you have any questions about our Advent studies that are coming up, or if you want to sign up, I will take your name so that I can have those lists complete. And um, if you want to see how the youth and the children did, feel free to swing by the youth building to see their baskets that they've created for many mansions this day. And now, friends, rooted in love, nurtured in love, go forth in love. Confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love goes with you each and every day on the journey. Amen. <laughs>